Today's reading is NIMBY Alert. Is anybody familiar with NIMBY? <laughs> yes, Julian? That's right. So NIMBY Alert by Tony Robinson. Recently, Lutheran pastor and author Nadia Boltz Weber was interviewed on the radio program Fresh Air. She mentioned the earnest seminarian who at one of her speaking engagements asked, Professor Nadia, what are your ways, your spiritual practices for getting closer to God? Why would I want to get closer to God? Responded Boltz Weber. Whenever Jesus gets close to me, I end up having to love someone I hate, give away more of my money, or forgive someone I don't want to forgive. She went on to say that in her life, it feels more like God has come after me. We do often seem to think of religious faith as our human search for God, our feeble attempt to get close to God. The Bible tells a different story, one more in line with Boltz Weber's experience, the story of the God who keeps showing up, intruding, refusing to leave us alone, searching for us, a God who won't take no for an answer. Just when we thought we were safe in some gated community, FYI, there are lots of different kinds of gates and fences. God moves into the neighborhood, pitch, pitching her tent on the corner, down the hall, or next door. Scripture says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Is that a threat or a promise? Watch out, God has moved into the neighborhood. Here is our world. Beautiful and terrible things happen week after week. Let us keep our hearts tender and our eyes soft because this is what we are about. We know that there is no answer but to love one another and we bear witness against all the destruction. And we gather here in this community to practice being the person that we say we want to be. We cannot do everything, but we can do something, and that something is never nothing. So let us, friends, forget our perfect offering in these communities that press us so hard to be perfect. There is a crack in everything. That is how the light gets in. So we went into the concert when the air was still, still. And there were only light breezes flowing around the edges of TD Garden, or as you might say, Gadden. But after the opening acts began and they finished, singing to the half full and half interested arena, and the rock stars took the stage romping and rousing in a cacophony of sound and light 
and the now full arena held up their smartphones to show communal praise the way that we used to only 10 years ago with Bic lighters. <laughs> 10 years ago this year, the phones took over our life. Just as the rock stars took the stage, you could feel, I could feel ever so slightly in the stillness between the anthems as the building began to, to shake and quiver. Is that wind outside? But never mind, the music was, oh, it's good. It was so good, actually, that what was also good was being in that space all together, the band thanking us for showing up despite our fear, because remember, this is uh, October 29th. It was right after the shooting in Vegas and, and before this one last Sunday. These, these events seeming to to frame the sentences of our lives like parentheses, one after the other. Can the politicians please dispense with thoughts and prayers? Please. But don't veer there yet, Nathan. <laughs> Let's stay together in the garden. How's my accent, by the way? It's a Midwesterner, isn't it? It's, all right. When I first came here all those years ago, I think Alan Canner is holding his, his grandchild in the back. I, I, I tried to say Worcester, but I said Woochester. And the whole congregation was like, who did we hire? But anyway, I want us to stay together in, in, the, in the garden, and there's, there, What's amazing about being in a place like that is that there's young and old, there's suburban and city, there are parents and kids, there's a Trump shirt, and there's a genderqueer teen over there, and there's tattoos, and there's guys, dads, in chino pants, <laughs> and there's black and brown and white. And we're all standing there together, standing up singing the same song holding our phones, all in one voice. And it wasn't kumbaya. And, and even though diversity matters less about ratios and numbers, as Sarah's going to talk about after church today, and it's about more, more about power and privilege, what I did notice being in that arena with all these different kinds of people was how rare it is in my life how rare it is for me to find people, find myself with people who are not necessarily like me. Me, the suburban housed, fleece vested, suburban owned, Subaru owned, progressive politics as long as the politics don't ask me to change too much, person that has so much company in the zip codes we live in of zero, 1770 Sherburne and 01746 Holliston and 01760 Natick and 02052 Medfield and many more. I mean, never mind Trump's border walls. We have fences and border walls keeping us from each other all over the place, right? 
Good night, Boston, says the lead singer. Go home safe, and the lights, they blaze on. And they splash out the one voice feeling, the less fenced off from each other feeling, like a cold crash of water, which is more than just a metaphor. Because as we pour out of the garden into the midnight night, doors opening, doors open into a flash and a flood of wind and rain coming every direction except for from up above. <laughs> Can the ground rain up? It did that night. You remember this night, don't you? It was three Sundays ago, and it was after the best ever sermon duel here between myself <laughs> and Reverend Heather that I won by a mile. Largest crowd ever. <laughs> that night that saw this tropical push, it came up from the south into our globally warmed New England like a hot breath of a sad, angry God. And it ripped us, and it whipped us including all of us coming out of the concert. And it threw us back into the corners and back walls of our separate fenced lives, including me and my family, back into our black Subaru, dry and traction controlled for the long journey out of the city back home. Back home through giant ponds of pooling water on the pike and back past cars stopped and idling under the overpasses and back around tarps and trash and torn trees on the road. There was so much litter, there was so much mess, there was so much storm, which is how it has felt to me this last year and you since our politics uncovered the truth that we, in fact, are not despite what we pledged in seventh grade, one nation under God. But that we are instead, we are separated and we are sequestered, we are gerrymandered and gentrified, we are zoned and zillowed apart. White in Holliston and Sherburne, black and brown in Framingham, Trump voters in Springfield, Bernie is out in Amherst, Hillary is along the 128 corridor. There are borders everywhere and fences all around. Do you see them? I feel them. And God, that oft used name that I feel so sorry for, God not above, but right on our level in our eyes. God on this holy, sacred ground that does not feel holy or sacred all the time. God with us in the layers and on the litter. With us. Eye level. Chasing us out of our backyards and telling us to go on and get, as they say in my Missouri homeland. Get past your fear and your fretting. Get past your comfort zones, Nathan. Get past your resignation that you can't make a difference. 
Get past the pinwheeling worry that wears you out. Get past the clinging to the way that it used to be. Get past the resentments, Nathan. Get past the self-pity and the disappointments. Get past the frustrations and the waiting and the comparing yourself with somebody else. Get past the unproductive anger. Get past the grudges. Go on and get past the isolation and the privatized pain. Nathan, go on and get past your fences and take your body where your beliefs are. Get past your fences, people, and open the gate. Love where it is hard. Forgive someone you hate. Open the door and get. Which is why I hate being a religious person. Our church is always asking me to do things that I don't want to do. Maybe you know what I mean. So after a fitful night's sleep, the storm is churning in my ears and the concert is churning in my ears. You know that feeling after a concert? My body is, it's a buzz with noise and vibration and bass and wind. I awoke the next morning into the blue-black dawn before everyone else in my house. And normally as I descend the stairs, the dog is there, who normally I keep behind a fence with his wagging love waiting for me. But this time, he is not there. Instead, I find him in the kitchen, and he's staring alert and attentive out the glass panes of the back door. His ears are, are perked, and his eyes are not blinking into the fenced-in backyard. What do you see, Shaka? What is it? And I squint, because I'm getting older, so I can't see, so I squint harder. What is that? What is that? Stay here. So I open the door, and the wind is still humming. And I climb softly down the back deck stairs. And I know many of us don't know the Bible, but we remember Moses, don't we? Please tell me you know who Moses is. <laughs> it's not Moes, not the burrito place. This is Moses, okay? <laughs> Moses, the shepherd, who by the way in the Bible had a debilitating stutter, the shepherd who was in the desert and he sees a burning bush that is ablaze but not consumed with fire, and Moses, we remember, heard God call him, saying, Moses, remove your sandals, for the place you are standing on is holy ground. Remember this? And I'm thinking of Moses, actually, as I walk down the steps on my unslippered feet, and I, my toes touch the bare ground. It's wet. And I walk closer, and I 
I see a heaving brown body. What is that? It's curled in the corner of the fence. The heaving, breathing, brown body of a baby deer. A baby deer that was frightened by the storm, frightened her from the woods so that she bounded over our fence. The storm having pushed her, like me, back into the corner where it's safe. She curled up there afraid and quivering and alone and separated. So I go back to the gate, and I unlatch it, and I tie it open with the dog's leash, and I tiptoe back. I am Moses now, naked toes on the wet ground, and I come up close, and her eyes are on my eyes, because remember, God is on our level. And I hold open my arms. I hold open my arms and we are quiet together and I point to the gate because baby deer know hand signals, don't they? (laughs) Do they? I don't know. Point to the gate and I come up close, as close as I can and she begins to, to get up and she begins to move slowly, at first slowly, but then, then she begins to move quicker and she bounds soundless and quick out from her fear, out from her isolation, out from being held back by the fences and, and she flies toward release, toward freedom, there she goes. Free of fear, she flew. And I wonder, friends, how might I and you be different if we followed her? How might the holy ground be made more holy? What in our lives would we change if we could be like 